Oh my gosh, I'm adopting a puppy right now. But I realize what's at home. Oh no, I have nothing. Well, except unconditional love. But yeah, no crate, no pee pee pads, no dental chews for his little puppy teeth. Before I doubt myself as a new parent, I just get Instacart to deliver everything from PetSmart. Easy, just like raising a puppy is going to be, right? Get Pet Essentials from PetSmart with Instacart. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. You are listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin with The Good News. Hey, friend, Angie Austin here along with the Good News Gals. We have a really cool Good News story, which producer Dave will show, share in a moment. Michelle Betts is here and Donna Hetzler. They're in real estate. Donna also has a women's ministry, Jericho Girls, and she just did her Overwhelmed Conference. She's also an author. But it kind of makes me feel inadequate. I have oh, a radio please. show and I tell jokes and talk. <laughs> And I good swear accents. if I couldn't speak, you have good accents. I swear too. if I couldn't speak, <laughs> do that I don't even know if I could. What would I do? Hmm. I talk and tell a few jokes. Like I don't even know what I would do. You bake cookies. Uh, yeah, bake oh, cookies. Yeah, <laughs> Incredible I, mom I ever. I do, yes, you're I would, a great that's like mom. My best job, actually. It you is. would speak. You'd be yeah. a great mom. Yeah, I have a friend that keeps pushing me to try. Leah's husband, Ross Shaper, oh, yes. is a speaker. Yes. And he's always like, I'm telling you, Angie, I'm out there, and yeah. the, 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 we need women speakers like you, and yes. blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, then I have to leave my kids. And it's like, well, you but know, you he's, get to he's pick like, and choose. He's like, he makes like, I mean, probably what I make in a year, he makes in a day in a speech, mm. right? But I don't know, like leaving my kids doesn't appeal to me right now. Maybe not when the I'm season. Older. It's not yeah. that season. It's right. not my season. It's it's not you could join Toastmasters and yeah, you know. Toastmasters speak for free. Thank you. No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I already do that on the radio. Right? Ah, give it to me. That was a good one. <laughs> 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 that was very good. Thank you, Michelle Betts. Sports slide real deep. What is this guy talking about that he's making all this money? I'm like, oh maybe I need to reconsider. He makes so much. He is, but he's top-notch, high-end speaker, like Fortune 500, Ross Schaefer. If you Google him, he was a talk show host. He was a comedian. Uh-huh. He did game shows like Match, whatever, Match Game. I mean, he's really funny. He has great hair. I always said, wow, he does have still, great hair. your hair is still looking good. Oh, I mean, wow. look at that hair. It like, comes in the well, room before you do. look who his wife do. is. <laughs> yeah, Leah Schaefer. Yes, yeah, she's uh, amazing. Singer yeah, and uh, she that is amazing. Skin. Yeah, skin by Leah. Skin by Leah. And so with that said, yeah, he makes, all, yeah, he's a very successful speaker. So to get to his level, it takes quite a bit of building up to get mm, to that level. I so think you already have it. And I know, though, at our level, you might make like, well, we can give you some gas money if you come and speak to, you know, our women's group or mm-hmm. whatever. And it's like, okay, I get it. Feed you know, you. there's different yeah. levels. You know, I know one time I got co- a cup of coffee and uh, some french fries and my friend was like, well, they paid you, didn't they? I said, well, I got some french fries for my kid. <laughs> my kid came with and a cup of coffee. Ministry like, is well, the I worst. I told him, there you go, it's lunch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you're speaking like yeah. more on that corporate yeah, it's level, God. it's Why, you different. Need money, yes. do you? Right. Well, God doesn't actually make my house payment. Yeah, it would, it would <laughs> be help. nice. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> I, I've been blessed. We've been paid, paid, paid handsomely for speaking as well. And, you know, it just... It's interesting. Like you just said, ministry, it, it's funny. Yeah. You don't, Your payment is God's love. And yes. you're like, okay, will that get me some apples at Sprouts because I'm pretty hungry? <laughs> no. I talk to people about yeah. money, and they get all weird oh, about yeah. money. Well, then oh, you're yeah. not. I, I you're not Christian. I asked for money once for a charity event for the 
Um, Because, you know, you valet, it's been these places, it's 50 bucks. And at the time, I needed a babysitter for my kids, so that'd be like 80. So let's say 150 is what I'm going to put out to get to the event. So I said, well, could, you know, you give me money for the valet and for my, you know, sitter. Can't you just park? Because I'm wearing really high heels. Right. And so, um, and and I'm old. um, So pay for the babysitter and that. And like, well, well. Then all of a sudden, like I wasn't charitable. It's mm-hmm. I, well, they said, well, it's for charity, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, I, I, I'm, I'm giving you my charity time. because I'm speaking for free, and then I have to pay to speak for you. Yeah, I have to actually lose money to speak for you. And at the time, I didn't have like an, I'd left TV, so I didn't have an income yet. So like I'm losing money to speak for you, and I'm in, unemployed. I I mean, is it really so much to ask? And people, when it's for a charity or for a church, they look at you like you're not very godly if mm-hmm. you're asking for money that oh, drives yeah. me crazy because oh, yeah. my mom was the minister of music for over 20 years right and so she should churches. just give her time if she and really loved she, jesus she was, right no yeah. she was paid I'm like my mom worked 80 hours a week she yes. was 40 hours downtown and 40 hours in the church never could come visit or do anything outside of church on easter oh, wow. christmas you know revival times or whatever there were so many times where she was unavailable mm, right um so yeah I, I find that quite offensive that people think that you, know, yeah, you can't so you earn something. It's yeah. not just church, though. Too. A lot of places will be like, hey, we're going to give you all this exposure. Right. Or right. You're going to get so much exposure you know by speaking or writing or doing art. Right. And you'll know. Oh, sorry, sorry, David. Now I'm all worked right. up. <laughs> people will want to come on repeatedly over the years that we've done the show, seven or eight years now, repeatedly to promote their business and or their book. And they'll contact me again. Can I come in again this year? Can I come in again? But then if you say, hey, would you mind donating like a hundred bucks to help support like, <gasps> you know, what? right? Yeah. And How could like, you be what so? Jerks they, ask? <laughs> they like totally ask to like be paid via the radio. Right. I don't get a salary. Right. right. You know? So it's, a, it's amazing so that people don't understand what mutual, you know, yeah, you scratch each other's back, back is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, you scratch my back no? longer than um, you. You scratch mine longer than I scratch yours because right. my itch is better, you know, or, or worse Bigger. than right. yours. Bigger, better. Right. My itch is better. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got to be careful with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned as a speaker that um, if you don't ask, they won't give. Right. And, and I've yeah. heard that the. Um, Worst treatment you'll receive for a speaking engagement coming from my professional speaker friends mm-hmm. is when you do it for free and yes. your dressing room is the janitor's closet. We've oh, cleared yeah. a little room out for you in there. And there's <laughs> some yeah. sandwiches in the green room. Well, maybe just some heels and a couple of crusts left, but mm-hmm. you're a free speaker. So anyway, get cozy. Oh, move the broom to the side and the mop bucket. Actually, we stuck a little board on the mop yeah, bucket. See. You could sit there with your computer, your That's laptop. Right. Well, what I've <laughs> learned is... Anytime people, I mean, when people are asking you to do something for free, mm-hmm. think about what they're really telling you. That we don't, they don't value, value they don't you. Value you. Yeah. Yep. So what I've noticed in my job is those in ones that want everything for free or, you know, at a discount, those are the ones that are going to be the most difficult because they don't oh, value absolutely. me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They don't think they're, they're worth anything. Family wow. is probably the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So we have to value ourselves, and I'm I'm mm-hmm. learning to do that. I'm learning to take care of bees. I think as women, you know, Cindy, who's often on our show, Cindy Marsh, she has taught me to value myself because she had to in the jewelry business when mm-hmm. she was making high end jewelry just to not get taken advantage of. And sometimes as women, people can also at times take advantage of us, oh, yeah. and that we also 
don't understand our values sometimes we feel guilty for asking for things and i've been we do. guilty of that mm -hmm. myself i would say me too or think about i mean i always i've got my divorcee hat on at all times oh, it's but i think about nice me and all my girls <laughs> shiny crown very shiny so crown. i think about me and you know all my girlfriends that have put up with all kinds of garbage because we're not valuing valuing ourselves and it makes me pretty sad but you see you know grown women trying to teach their daughters to 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 teach people to how to treat them mm -hmm. yet we'll you know walk around letting these men treat us any old way because we don't we're not valuing ourselves we're feeling yep. maybe that we're not worth anything because we're not married to that person anymore or we're not part of a couple or something like that it's it's that's a lesson that's that never goes away it's something that i think people have to constantly work on like learning to teach people how to value them and how to value themselves mm -hmm. Yeah, well. if you don't value yourself, who's who else is going to value you? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we we have the most high power, God. That's our Father. That's our Abba. That's our, yeah. You know, that's everything. And if if that's where I get my value, not from how somebody treats me or doesn't treat me, or mm -hmm. you know, and that's when I start getting down on myself. That's where I go. Yeah. Like, right. Well, God I forgives you're that. Saying. God. My thing is like I'm worth this much, so right. you're not gonna talk to me like that. Exactly. You're not gonna treat me like that. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Yeah, <laughs> this I is how it goes with I'm me. Feel good. As a Christian, I get kind of disappointed in myself sometimes because I almost get. And Dave, you know how hard over the years we've tried to make our show work and be profitable, and so we. I don't work for a salary, and then I think I've tended to get bitter. And I and I and I and then I feel defeated and want to give up because I get tired of asking, and so then I give up. And so then you'll have somebody contact you, and you'll go, "Oh, so and so contacted me, and they want to promote their blah blah blah." And I'm like, you know what, Dave? I've done five interviews for them. They've never helped me out, and I just don't feel like helping them anymore. And then I feel like, as a Christian, I should stop getting a bad attitude. And then I wonder, is this God's way, though, of speaking to me and saying, maybe this season's over and you should move on and do something else? Mm -hmm. But what else do I do, you know? And recently I've been thinking about, you know, I like real estate and investing and flipping. I've really done well in real estate over the years, like buying a place, living in it, and then like li like a live-in flip where you do a few things, but you just wait for it to go up, you know, in two years and then flip it per se because then you don't pay capital gains. Like, right. I like to do that. My husband drives him crazy. He's like really <laughs> removing again. And I'm like, dude, we could really walk away with a nice little amount here. And I found a good deal on another house. He's like, oh, again with your moving. But that's my way of like, like, um, if I can't make money in radio, and I want to keep doing this as maybe like a ministry, then I do that on the side, and then that's mm -hmm. how I can bring income into my family. Mm -hmm. So I really, but I don't want this to make me bitter. But is that God's way of speaking to me, you know, and saying like, this <laughs> season's over, go raise your kids and do something else? Because I'm not a good asker. And since I don't have a salesperson, right. I don't really make I've any seen money. You get there. I've seen you get there. And get frustrated. Sometimes it's like because you want to be on one side of it where you're like, yes, I have this way. I could totally help you. But then as soon as you're like, I need something for this because mm -hmm. it's not easy. And then they're like, uh, they get indignant. And you're just like. Crickets. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And well, I feel hey, like a jerk. You could do asked. the real estate thing. Just buy an RV like Beatrice. Woo, park, there you go. Park in your driveway. That way Mark That's doesn't have to I'm move doing. every I'm two years. Just stay in the RV. live out of the RV. I'm following Beatrice. <laughs> like I'm the, I'm similar. I get what you're saying. And I think the bitterness comes more, uh, part of it is because of you're not completely comfortable with the ask. Not. And I think that's, it's coming out of your comfort zone. 
And I think for you to like put yourself out there and show your vulnerability and have people kind of just blow you off, when you that, hurt, that yeah. hurts. I mean, I get I that. I remember That's there was me. one person, uh, uh, they, they were on the show for quite some time, and we said, hey, do you want a, just a teeny contribution to help promote your business stars? And then they went away. You know what I mean? Like I would say they probably joined us for like a year or so on the show. And then they went away and I was like, well, that's because I asked, you know, and said, hey, could you help out? Like, I'll promote you. You promote me, vice versa, blah, blah, blah. And so I don't know. I get really frustrated and I can only do so much because I've got these kids. I've got the sports, the husband with the startup. I've got my mom living with me. I've got one kid struggling in school. I do homework for hours every night. I have another show that I do and I have this show. So then I'm like, okay, why am I so overwhelmed? Um, <laughs> because nobody's got cancer. No one's dying. No, the kids don't have broken arms. You better you know? stop with that. Yeah. And, yeah. I said Let to, me tell you. and I said to one of my kids that was crying every day saying, why me? Why do I have more problems learning and the other kids I said and I mentioned a friend of ours that has down syndrome and I said you can learn things he can't mm -hmm. like you can still learn yes it takes you longer but you have to look at the blessings because your difference and how you learn also gives you this beautiful personality that everyone talks about how loving you are and how fun you are and how happy you are and part of that is because you do get distracted and see the beauty in every day mm -hmm. and so you've got to like twist things and look at the blessings and I've always. got to stop focusing on the bad and I've got to start looking at my blessings and I always say to my husband we're, ha we're having a bad day we were up till way past our bedtime doing homework last night and I said nobody's got cancer amen amen Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I think so you what? need to. Wait, I, no, I I feel you. what you're saying there, but so I'm sorry because I was. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, when my ex-husband was playing pro basketball, I I was really good friends. I'm really good friends with this other player's wife, and they our husbands played together for a few years, and we'd always sit there and be like, we would kind of beat ourselves up saying, I can't be sad because I'm married, I've got kids, my husband makes all this money, I'm traveling through Europe. <laughs> and doing all this stuff, like you can still have problems. Yeah. Like that doesn't excuse you from having hurt or uh, suffering or just be not bitter. being happy about stuff. Yeah, but I mean, you can, it's okay for the bitterness to creep in. Like if you've got a valid reason to be bitter, but I think the the, the only problem is if you just lay in the bitterness and yeah. wallow in it. And I don't think I do, do something but about I get discouraged. It get over it. I yeah. get discouraged. Yeah. And I, think then I the, want to give up. You know, Don, I told you I was going to yeah. give up just like a month or two ago. Well, and we've talked about this. I mean, the overwhelm, the bitterness. I mean, I felt that coming off my last conference because I was just doing more than what God had called me to do. And so I think that it's, it's you're not called to do sales and try and get income. You just need to say, God, this person, you start praying for this person to show up and come mm -hmm. alongside you. Mm -hmm. And I did that too with my book. I was pitching it to literary agents and, you know, getting that. I love the writing, but we just signed an author. Um, your platform needs to be bigger, you know, all this stuff. And I finally just said, you know what, God, you're just going to have to make the phone ring because I'm done. I've done like everything I can possibly do. And a month later, the phone rings, right? Mm -hmm. So I think what you need so you don't have that bitterness is just somebody who is talented in sales in radio and I have I have reached out to people affiliated with radio and even my other show yeah and I have gotten a teeny bit of help like just by reaching out and you may laugh at the amount when I tell you but one of the sales guys that works for another organization kind of tagged me on to a buy so it's three hundred dollars a month and he may like what on earth is that like that $300 a month? Like that is nothing. Is that what, like, is that, does that add to your income, Angie? Well, it makes it so that I don't lose money during right. the show. Like yep. losing money going to work every day is really not appealing to me.
Yeah, Absolutely. Okay. And three hundred dollars nice. is nothing to you know, I mean that's a great deal. And it well it and it, it did like give me at least like, wow, like uh, okay, that's something and then you add all these little things together. And then I have a staff that I pay too. Yep. You know, and yeah. I have a co-host who'd like to eventually be paid. So it's a small building process. And I really hope that God honors that I'm rebuilding this from scratch. We have like 30 stations now. Right. But, you know, the advertising end of it in radio, it is um, an interesting uh, uh, endeavor. And I'm not just talking about this show. I'm talking about my other show sure. as well. Um, but you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's not my calling, you know, I don't it's know. It's not I your calling know. to do that. You are so nope. talented in speaking and yes. sharing the good news that when your focus gets pulled away into something that you're not supposed to be doing. I think I do right think now you you're like, where's the good news, Angie? This all sounds like she's a bitter Betty. This is the real news. Okay. The real, being the real news. Today. <laughs> the good, but the know, good news. I just look at, I look, I, we've got to be real today. All right, Oprah Jr. I'm just going to, I mean, I've got, Beatrice here to my left. Hair. Okay. Okay. I'm like skinnier Oprah with blonde hair. Yes. Come on, that's funny, Michelle. My stomach hurts from laughing. Listen, we've got Beatrice over here, right? I lost mean, her husband a short time Beatrice ago. Beatrice lost her out husband. Out of the blue. And I know, and I and think about her a lot when I'm being bitter. Like, really, girl? But no, no, you could, no, I don't think it's saying to take away your bitterness, but follow the example. Beatrice is yeah, saying, like bitterness. I'm, not, like I'm not done. Yeah. I'm going to go this way. Yeah. That's what Beatrice said. Yeah, in her Sermonator, Sergeant too, though, Sermonator but you van. Can, you, can, you can change direction. Just don't stop. Yeah. Well, in your direction, Beatrice changed, like, uh, okay, so John dies suddenly of a heart attack. And you're like, What? Like, you know, he, we did not expect him. You're 59 and a, Her, a widow. And of your husband of how many years? 27. 27. See? 27. That's hey, unbelievable you know. to me. And she's decided to do something. Yep. She's going to cr- go she, cross she's country. Not tell everybody we have a couple more minutes. I'm going to go cross country in an RV, go into military installations, selling my books and preaching the gospel. You know, right. ministering to the soldiers, this uh, the soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines on these military right. installations. You're going to have so many stories. I am. You almost need to write a book as you go. I am. Yes. Okay. I am. And I'm people still stories. going to be writing. People yes. Facebook stories. lives. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And, you, you know, but I've learned, stories. I've learned um, since my husband passed that I didn't love myself enough. Mm. Because I was taking care of everybody else. Yeah. You know, and that's where you are right now. Right. Taking care of everybody oh, else. Yeah, it's all about everybody else. I mean, I it bar- really is. I barely yep. get like some mascara on. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. But but think about what yep. the word says. The word says to love you the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and spirit and strength. Okay, I got that one. And to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Yeah. Mm. If you don't love yourself enough, then you can't possibly love your well, neighbors enough. I love myself. Enough. I just don't have True. time to do mascara. No, uh-uh. <laughs> no, I, 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 I believe that. No, I know that grief can do that to you where you finally see the light and you yeah. realize yeah. that mm-hmm. I have to take care of myself. That's right. There's nobody watching out for me. That's like, right. That's got to be me. Yep. Yeah. That's it. And yeah. I, I'm looking at it now. I'm like, Lord, who's going to send me a birthday card? And, and my birthday. Yeah. And I really think about that now. And I'm like, okay, well, I right. got to go do it myself. Right. Well, it's interesting because um, just recently I had to fill out insurance forms. And it was like. And she was married. 28, 28, 28 yeah. years. Yeah. Goodness and just divorced. And it's like, who do I put down? Yeah. As yeah. yeah. It was like a defining moment or oh, filling wow. out life insurance. Like, 
you know, I have a 20 year old. Yeah. Who's my beneficiary. I have a 20 year old. Uh, I'm not leaving it just to him. Mm-hmm. He's not be, he's not, re- his frontal lobe is available. Even, I mean, yeah, his frontal I'm your girl, day, right? I'm sure left here. Yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm crying, filling out these forms. Well, I can see you too. I oh yeah. You. I know. Beatrice yeah. knows I'm a little crying yeah, white woman. Yeah. A little crying white woman. Yeah. And we're going to share some good news. I think the good news we shared is that. Thank God. In the aftermath of, you know, losing her husband. Husband yeah. is now going to travel around the country in an RV, go from military base to military base, and help these young people uh, who are hurting and introduce them to Jesus and Bibles and pray for them and uh, yes. you know anointing oil. So she needs Bibles. Yep. And we're going to buy them in bulk, and so and we're doing a fundraiser. And what's your website, Beatrice? DrillSergeantOfLife.com. And you can always find me at AngieAustinRadio.com, AngieAustinRadio.com. Hey, and if you want to advertise with me, I would love that because I'm not really that bitter. And if you're good in sales, <laughs> come yeah, join Angie ask, ask and him. help her. Yes. Right, right. <laughs> All right, AngieAustinRadio.com. And hey, one uh, company we are working with, GodsGloryBox.com. Put in uh, Good News 5 for $5 off one box or Good News 10. And these boxes have really beautiful items in there. Every month you get one if you want them every month. And jewelry and, you know, really cool T-shirts. There's a lot of stuff in the box. I love them. All right. I'm Angie. Goodbye. We'll be right back. The good news of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hi, my name's Bobby, and I've worked at the Ark for about seven years. My favorite part of working at the Ark is just making a lot of new friends. And at the Ark, we're always doing awesome stuff together. It's important to shop at the Ark, because it's shopping with a purpose. Shopping with a purpose means helping people with disabilities, and it really helps people like me. And the Ark makes it easy to donate. You can either visit a donation center, or you can call 303-238-JANE, and an Ark truck will come and pick up your stuff. Remember to shop at the Ark, because you always find good deals. Also, remember when you do, you help people just like me. For more information or to schedule a pickup, call 303-238-JANE or go to oakthrift.org. My name is Bobby and I love working at the Oak. There is so much fun stuff to do at the YMCA of the Rockies, you're never going to want to leave. Come fill your days and nights with our exciting programs and entertaining activities. At YMCA Snow Mountain Ranch, this fall you can join our Intro to Outdoor Skills Weekends. You can learn how to properly pack your backpack, learn orienteering skills, hone your rock climbing skills, and so much more. YMCA has made Snow Mountain Ranch the place where the entire family can adventure together. YMCA Snow Mountain Ranch is the ideal family vacation, located in a stunning environment that helps build healthy minds, bodies, and spirits for all. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for families of all sizes. Go to ymcarockies.org for fun, exciting, and affordable family adventures at YMCA of the Rockies. Book your stay at ymcarockies.org today. Hey, welcome back. This is producer Dave sitting in for Angie. Uh, This is just going to be the next installment in our new series of author interviews that we've been doing. 
Um, uh, you know, a lot of times with all the good news ladies in there, we get an author in there and the author gets kind of washed out a little bit or we have a five minute interview with an author and we can't really get into the meat of the book. So we decided to do this middle sec segment where we can talk to these authors, just one-on-one, -on -one, me and them. We can talk about their book and we can really, really dive deep into a lot of these uh, the books, uh, the ideas in the books, and really get really good meaty answers. So today we're going to talk about a very powerful story. It's it's part tragedy. It's part uh, you know overcoming great odds. It's you know in the end it's what we do here on the good news, and it's all good news. So we're going to be talking with author David Klein and his book Walk by Faith. And um, I don't know the whole story, but I do know that one day. When David was a young man, he dove into a river and was paralyzed. He broke his neck. And, uh, you know, as anyone can wonder, uh, you know, being paralyzed has got to be very, very traumatic and very, very difficult. And David says that he wouldn't take it back. He says that it's made him who he is today. And I'm really interested in this idea because I feel like I would get deep in the doldrums if something like that had happened to me. And so I'm really interested in hearing David Klein's take on what happened to him and where he's gone and his journey that led him all the way to today. So hello, David. How are you today? Good. How you doing, Dave? I'm really good. Thanks for being on the show. We really appreciate it. I think our listeners are really going to like this book. And um, yeah, so let's just get into it. Uh, so why don't you tell us a story about what happened and, uh, you know, tell us leading up to, to your accident. And then um, it says here that you, that you wouldn't go back, you wouldn't fix it, that you, would, that, that you think that God has put, placed you here for a reason. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it started in 1987 in the summer. I was at a, a local lake, a lake I'd been to a number of times. I was watching my brothers swim. And uh, one of them called to me while I was up on shore, and he asked me to swim with him. So I ran down the sand, ran into the water, dove in next to him. It was nothing stupid. I wasn't jumping off bridges or rocks. It was just kind of a dive everyone does when you kind of just run in and it feels deep enough. But somehow I hit my head on the sand under the water, and that instantly broke my neck. So it was just a freak accident. Um, Maybe I dove high to come down and hit my head. Maybe I didn't have my hands out in front of me. But it was just a freak accident, and I stayed conscious. I didn't black out, and somehow instantly I knew that I had been paralyzed. You knew right away. I, I, I knew, and, and maybe it was because uh, I had already read Johnny Erickson's autobiography, and so I, I knew that if you dive wrong and hit your head, there's a chance you're going to be paralyzed for the rest of your life. So maybe that's where that thought came. But, but I knew, and in that instant, I, I had this thought. I, I thought, well, God will heal me. And it just put me at peace and calm right there in that instant. Wow, that's amazing. I, I feel like uh, most of us, I feel like I personally would be really upset and freaking out. But I guess you had the love of God wash over you and... And you still held out hope at this point, I'm sure. But then um, after a while, you realized how serious the injury was and how your life had changed. Now, um, can you lead us up to when you kind of came to the realization that you weren't going to walk again? Well, as I said, somehow I knew instantly. But the, but the real realization came 
when I was floating in the water, staring up at the sky, couldn't move at all, and out of the corner of my eye, I could see my arm just floating over there, and I couldn't feel it, and I couldn't move it, and that's when it really uh, confirmed to me that, oh, I have done something serious, and and then later, officially, when I was taken to the hospital and did x-rays, then it was uh, for sure that I had indeed broken my neck. Right, and so after that, um, I'm sure it was difficult. Can you tell us about a little bit of your difficulties adjusting to your new life and, and some of the things, some of the thoughts that you went through and maybe even sometimes that you doubted that this was happening for a reason? Well, that's the, that's the really amazing thing, and I guess the amazing thing about God is that I, I think he's given me extra faith because from the very beginning my thought was, well, God must have a reason for this. I don't know what it is, but he must have a reason. Um, he's God, he's a big God, and he's in control of everything. So he must have given me faith, because like you said, I think most people would be freaking out in a situation like this, and, and panicking and stress and, and doubting and questioning, but I really thought, I, I can't get mad at God, because he's God, and I, I didn't really feel like I should question God either, because I knew he, he knew what he was doing, and, and, um, and, and that's been the case. He's proven, he's proven that's true, that he does have a reason for everything. He's always working on something. Um, you know, my favorite verse, the verse I've really clung to through all this, is Romans 8:28, where it says, all things work together for good to them who love God and called her according to his purpose. And, and that's a promise, and God never fails his promises. So I, I really cling to that verse. Right, and you feel like this accident and you writing this book and sharing your experiences have called, that's your purpose that you've been called to. Is that right? Yes, and, and, and earlier before writing this book, I was a high school English teacher for 20 years. <laughs> and I, that thought had never entered my mind before my accident to be a teacher, so I think God wanted me there kind of as a, as a light to these kids in this public school. So I really do believe he's got purposes for each of us. We might not know it at the time, but we just have to trust him, and he'll open the doors there for us. Right, right. And so in light of all this, I've seen that you've written that you don't want to be kind of pigeonholed into this. You don't want to be this person who's defined by this disability or by this accident. Now, how do you fight against that, and how has that worked in your favor? Well, that's a good question. Um, well, for example, when I was teaching uh, in the first week of school, I would spend an entire period and tell my kids, my students, uh, my whole story and let them ask any questions they wanted about disability or anything. And then it seemed like after that, for the kids, it was no longer an issue. It was just, here I am, a teacher who gives them too much homework, and, <laughs> and they're not focused on the disability anymore. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I've tried to, to maintain a a normal life and have a job and things like that so that I'm not, like you said, defined by a disability. Right, right. But in light of all that, I'm sure that there's been times when you felt vulnerable or weak or insecure, limited in your abilities. And how have you learned to kind of control that part of your journey and overcome that? Well, you're exactly right. And, and there's a a part of my book where I talk about that. Um, when I was in college, um, I went through this sort of embarrassing 
kind of subject, and that was just the way I, I pick up my own water bottle, just something simple. Because my arms, I have some mobility, but I don't have uh, mobility of my fingers. So for me to pick up my water bottle, I, I have to use both hands, and I kind of push them against the water bottle and pick it up. And it's certainly not the average way everybody picks up their water bottle. And so for me, I, I wouldn't do it in public for a while. I was kind of embarrassed, and then eventually I thought, well, that's stupid. I shouldn't be embarrassed. I want a drink of water. I'm going to get a drink of water. I don't care if people think it looks unusual. So that's how I got over that, and, and it's probably the same in some other instances as well. Right, and so, and obviously, um, I mean, a lot of people that have been through accidents like this, and I mean, picking up a water bottle is just the, the tip of the iceberg there, but have you had other health concerns or anything else that that could have challenged you to keep up. I mean, you have such an upbeat attitude. I, 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 I think it's upbeat for not only for somebody who's been through an accident, but upbeat for anybody. And I, I really see that, and I, I can feel God's love coming through you because of that. And so, uh, is there any other ways that you know that people can pray for you, or that you know other things that we can um, work on research for to help that would help you? Or is there any other challenges that we might not even know about? Oh, I appreciate that. There are a lot of challenges. Um, you know, some people think, you know, the the whole thing, the whole bad part about being quadriplegic is, you know, not being able to walk. But there's so many other health issues. Um, I've suffered from uh, kidney stones and pressure sores uh, that have kept me in bed for a month or two, and uh, bronchitis and pneumonia. So I, I have to be constantly vigilant about my health and disciplined every day. Uh, and then other challenges are uh, caregivers. In my book, I talk about how I've had caregivers uh, steal from me or caregivers who are using drugs. And, and so I'm having to rely my whole life um, on these people who are not sober and they're passed out. And that's been a huge challenge for me. Uh, thank God right now I have a great caregivers. But uh, as I describe in my book, there's, there's been some horrible, horrible, challenging times with health and caregivers. So it is a, it is a struggle. Um, so I do appreciate the prayers of you and your listeners. Right, right. Well, you certainly are in our prayers. And now um, I want to ask a little bit, like before the accident, was your faith as strong as it is today or directly after the accident? Or do you believe, how did this accident kind of affect your faith either to the negative or to the positive? Well, I became a Christian when I was about five years old, and I always thank God for grabbing me so young. And so I was a Christian when this happened to me at 17, um, but my faith had never really been tested. You know, I had a great childhood. Everything always worked out for me. Um, so this really kind of made me, uh, I guess no pun intended, uh, you know, walk the talk. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this really challenged my faith, but... But like I said from the beginning, God somehow gave me this faith to trust Him. And um, so my, my faith was tested, but I think God will give us the faith. He will equip us for whatever He gives us. And if it's a, a lot and, and more than we think we can handle, uh, God will give us that strength and faith to get through it, just like He did for me. You know, that's something that we talk a lot about on the good news. Angie's always talking about how you're never going to be tested. Yes, the tests are going to be hard, and you're never going to be tested in a way that God doesn't think you can handle it. Yes, you won't think you can handle it, but God knows 
where you're going and what the test is about, and he knows that you can overcome this. And I admire your dedication and your faithfulness to knowing that you're going to be able to get through this. And I think that that's something that you really write about, that you talk about a lot in your book, is, you know, you, you talk about how even despite, like I said, other people that weren't in an accident before, we all feel kind of overwhelmed and unable to, un, like unable to deal with hardships or circumstances that were put in or, or these trials and tribulations that were put in. But, but you have to hold on to the faith that God wouldn't put you in a situation. He's going to test you and he's going to push you to your limits, but he's not going to put you in a situation that you cannot handle. Now, what would you, you know, to even to people who haven't, aren't quadriplegic, aren't, in an accident, fully able-bodied, but they're still feeling like that. You you speak to those people, and you still help them through your story. And what is the kind of things that you tell them to keep them on track and keep them focused? Well, yeah, everyone's going to go through something, and it might not be a spinal cord injury, but it's it's something, and it's hard, and it's challenging, and it's painful. But but like you said, we we believe in a, a big God who's all powerful. He knows the beginning from the end. Uh, I've heard a, uh, an analogy once how our lives are like a parade, where we're just there at one part of the parade, but God up above, he can see the beginning of the parade, the end of the parade, just like he can see our entire lives, the beginning and the end. And and, uh, and he, he wants what's best, he wants what's good, and, and uh, he knows what's blessing, what blessings are around the corner for us. So he just wants us to trust him, no matter what we're going through, just to trust him and have faith. And, and as I said in Romans 8.28, everything will work together for good. And so we've just got to have faith. And, and that's something for everybody, not just people who have spinal cord injuries. Right, right. And I, that's something that we talk about a lot. I think it's such a beautiful message. Um, and so one more idea. We only have a couple, couple minutes left here. Um, and I have one more question for you, and then we're going to talk about kind of where to get the book and everything. But um, So everybody, I'm listening to... We're talking with David Klein. This is the good news with Angie Austin. This is producer Dave sitting in for Angie. And David Klein wrote a book called Walk by Faith, where he suffered a terrible accident, broke his spinal cord, became a quadriplegic, but throughout the entire thing, he knew that his faith in God was going to carry him through. Now, this final idea that I'm, I'm very interested in is, you say in the book, I didn't just want to live, I wanted a life. Now, what exactly does that mean, and how has that worked out, and are you able to do that? Well, that kind of goes back to how I didn't want my life defined by a disability. Um, I, I wanted to have a job and um, travel, um, maybe get married, yeah, have a normal life, uh, and, and have accomplishments and not just be um, a guy in a wheelchair. And as I mentioned, I, I uh, ended up getting my teaching credential, um, taught for 20 years. I coached soccer for five years um, from my wheelchair. So I, I tried to do things that any able-bodied person could do so that they, they see that and not just a guy in a wheelchair. And, and I just wanted more of a life than, than just, you know, stuck in a wheelchair in a hospital or something. Right, right. And I, I completely agree with that. I think, uh, you know, I think it's funny, a lot of these things that you talk about, in order for you to talk about them, you had to be put into this situation. And I, and I admire you for, for your 
faithfulness and for you, you sharing your story and sharing your message. But these are all things that people deal with no matter what circumstance they are in. And I, I think that that's one thing that people are going to find in this book is you're going to be able to find things in your life that you connect, connect directly to David and his, you know, pardon the pun, but his walk through life. And, uh, you know, and hopefully, you know, you'll be able to glean all these things through David and through his words and through his experiences. And I want to thank you again for being on the show. I thank you for sharing this, uh, your story and sharing your book. I'm so happy to help you get the word out about it. Now, can you tell us a little bit about maybe what is next for you as far as writing books or where we can get this book or how we can help you and other ways that we can keep in contact with you? Thank you very much. I, I do have other book ideas that I'm thinking about, and but right now this book, Walk by Faith, is on Amazon, and it's in hardback and paperback and Kindle. Uh, it also is found on iTunes and BarnesandNoble.com. Nice, and it is it uh, on iTunes? Is it an actual book or is it an audio book? Do you get to read this? It's it's not audio. People oh. have been asking me that, so I should consider that. But uh, I do have it in digital format. And uh, I'm also on Facebook at David Klein Author, and that's K-L-I-N-E. Well, thank you again. This, is, this has been really great information. Thank you for sharing your story. I know a lot of our listeners are going to connect directly to you. I hope that you all reach out to David. Uh, I hope that we get a touch base again someday in the future, David. And I hope that God helps you carry through your journey despite the challenges. And I'd love to have you on the show again sometime. And I just want to thank you very much for being here. And everybody, thank you for listening to the good news. Um, uh, Angie will be back here in just a couple minutes, and uh, we'll we'll be all be back together with some more good news. Hey, Angie Austin here with the good news. And the good news is I have one of the ARC ambassadors here with me, Christopher Petty. Hi, my name is uh, Chris. I have worked at the ARC for four or five years. Shopping with the purpose means giving back and it really helps people like me. I like working at ARC because it's the people and it's the employees and you can you don't have to try to impress anyone. Just be yourself and just come in and just do your best and just be yourself. And I love him. I do too. <laughs> Keep going. And uh, I just, I do my best. You know, I go in there and I give it my best and I have a good time. And you're proud of the work you do? I'm proud of the work I do. Give it back. The heart of ARC is so wonderful. It's important to shop at ARC because, you know, it is shopping with a purpose. I say that a lot. And when you donate things, it goes back to help our community and people just like Chris, who has a wonderful job with ARC as an ambassador. 303-238-JANE, 303-238-JANE, or arcthrift.org, arcthrift.org. Hey, I'm Chris. I love working at ARC. Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to the good news. If you like the good news program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com AngieAustinRadio.com Just click on Contact Me. I would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now, and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to AngieAustinRadio.com. We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on contact.
I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you build your business. Welcome back to the Angie and Mike show on this Thursday where there is madness everywhere. I am looking for sanity. I was uh, reading after watching the stock market tumble the first couple of days of October. I was reading that 50% of us over 50 fear that we will run out of money during retirement, fear that we will be broke and not able to live the wonderful retired life that we would like to have. And there are many who think they're never going to retire. And that's kind of an awful thing to have to deal with. So um, we decided to get some help in this partnered interview. We decided to reach out to our friend, Rianne Horgan. And she knows the financial world better than anybody. She's the founder and CEO of Kinder, a uh, retirement company that, that learns, well, it learns from the market. It has some really interesting proprietary technology. It's user-friendly fr- with its interface at kinder.com. So uh, Rianne's going to help us. Rianne, can you help us with some tips on how we should look at this and how we should proceed, even if we're 20 years away from retirement? Look, I think step one is um, like just acknowledging you know, what retirement actually is today, and it isn't what it used to be. Um, you know, most of us are gliding into retirement, you know, maybe earning part-time income, um, needing to probably delay our Social Security benefits from kind of that earliest date of 62, um, kind of tackle um, and understand the, health, the cost of health care retirement. So it's on average costs a couple $280,000 um, across retirement. And so to kind of um, you know, put together that retirement plan while at the same time thinking about the fun stuff, um, you know, how we want to spend our time in retirement. Um, that to me is you know, the beginning of you know, starting your kind of retirement planning process. I agree because we're, we're pitched a wonderful vision if you see a lot of the things on TV of people traveling the world. But I think a lot of us say, hold on a second, there are things we want to know about. And the, the one challenge you brought up at the top, the idea of trying to deal with uh, health care and the cost of health care, wh- what is it about retirement and specifically health care that scares us so much? So look, I think about there's like the known and the unknown around health care and retirement. I think there's the known, which is what's called, you know, you know, on average, your Medicare expenses. Um, you know, those Medicare expenses and you stop doing prescription drugs and whatnot. On average, you're going to cost $280,000 for a couple in retirement, which is a pretty significant chunk of change. Um, but at least um, we have a good sense of what that is going to be and can plan around it. I think the piece that really um, is hard for most Americans is that unknown piece, which is long-term care. You know, this generation of baby boomers is, is really the first generation that have seen their parents in nursing homes, assisted living. Um, I think probably most of us would agree that it's probably not a quality of life that we really um, you know, aspire for. Um, and then there's the significant cost of, you know, $100,000 a year to pay for it. And I think that part of the unknown on health care um, is really challenging for today's retirees. Yeah, I agree. That is one of the big questions. Uh, let's talk about some of the things we should be doing to get ahead of or get on top of retirement. What's uh, one of uh, Rianne's tips for, uh, for preparing ourselves for retirement? So the first thing I think about is how I'm going to create my paycheck in retirement. So you and I, you know, every single day are making decisions around, you know, where we go out to eat, where we might go on vacation based on that paycheck. And in a world without pensions, 
um, retirees have to create their own retirement paycheck. Um, and so that paycheck can come from a different, couple different places. You know, the foundation typically is Social Security. Um, if you're like 70% of our customers who don't have a pension, you're trying to think about how do I create additional income on top of Social Security. Um, that can come in a couple different formats. Maybe it's rental income. Maybe it's part-time work. And a lot of times it's about taking that nest egg of that 401k or that IRA and thinking about how to create an income stream off of um, that to create that um, the paycheck on a monthly basis. So you're, you're keen on telling people, look at what you do have, as most of us don't have. An overwhelming majority of us do not have a pension. Look at trying to find a way to create a paycheck to replace the paycheck you had while you were working and looking at your 401ks or whatever retirement funds you have will help you do that. Isn't spending also a part of that? We should be looking at our spending as well. Absolutely. And look, and I think that there's, this is where I say the healthcare cost is that big um, surprise for most retirees. So what I see a lot of retirees doing is going through like a budgeting process to think about what their spend and retirement will look like. They can do that online at kinder.com. They can, you know, think about where do they want to live as you know as you know different states have different taxes different cost of living healthcare costs kind of creating that retirement budget and that's then pairing that against what your retirement paycheck can look like um i think the you know where you can get the extra bang for the buck buck is then being really savvy about how you draw your money down in retirement so um if you're like many americans um you may have um, you know, an IRA, a Roth, a taxable account, and each of those accounts has different tax statuses. So one of the things that we've done at Kinder is we automate actually the withdrawals from your accounts, and we pick the most tax-efficient accounts to take money out of on a monthly basis. Um, that can actually save you thousands and thousands of dollars over the course of retirement, and I think is, you know, given how hard you work to get to retirement, you hate to be paying extra taxes as you start to to, you know, live off your retirement savings. I hate to be paying extra taxes right now, not even in retirement. That, that's a really key, <laughs> that's, that's really, really important, Rianne. When people have different sources of income, choosing where the money comes from can be really important to extending that money or even making those, uh, ultimately, the, the withdrawals from Social Security bigger. If you can hang out longer, they will grow to a, a much bigger level if you take it at 70 than at 62. I believe I'm right on that. I, I think I got that one right, correct? Yeah, you're absolutely correct. 62 to 70, um, there's about an 80% difference in what your Social Security benefit can be. And particularly, like, the way I think about it is, if you don't have a pension, this is one of the true forms of like longevity insurance that you're going to have in your portfolio. So look, um, all this math is complicated, and so that's why at Kinder we really focus on building straightforward technology to help you make these decisions. Uh, and in fact, in a couple of weeks' time, this tax uh, um, kind of withdrawal software that we've just talked about um, is going to be available for our customers on a subscription basis, so they can um, come to Kinder's website, and we will help you automate those withdrawals on a on a monthly basis. Um, all for the cost of less than an hour with a traditional advisor. That's really cool. At uh, KINDUR.com, KINDUR.com, you can see what Rianne has been talking about. Rianne Horgan, our guest, trying to help us understand retirement, how to be smart with our money, and how to be comfortable in a retirement. Thank you, Rianne. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com.